Well, I know for, for a lot of people in church, the word generosity usually triggers those um, thoughts like, oh, no, he's going to talk about money. And uh, I think there's like a kind of unspoken agreement that we have in church, like, I'm not going to speak about money, and you don't want me to speak about money. Is that right? Is there kind of a feeling that sort of in, in churches that we just kind of this unspoken agreement, okay, we'll just kind of not talk about that, even though Jesus talked about it 25% of all of his teaching. So in theory, I probably should be preaching about it one in every four, but if I did that, I'd probably have an empty church. <laughs> um, yeah, I know for a lot of people, finances and, and money can be quite triggering and uh, so rest assured today, I'm not talking about money or finances, so you can, whew, I'm going to talk about that next week. So <laughs> that's the one to miss. <laughs> but I'm, I'm talking about generosity as a, as a, as a general thing, as a, as a main, you know, heart posture that we have. And I, I kind of want to give that kind of word picture about what do we have in our hands? And that can include finance, but it, often it's our talents, it's our resources, and it and more importantly, especially these days, it's our time. You know, where, we, where are we giving our time and our lives to? Like, is, it, is it into our work? Is it into our hobbies? Is it into our families? Is it into our friends? Where is, our, is it into the internet? <laughs> where is our time going and where are we spending it? That's what's in our hands. And I, I want to bring that kind of idea across today. And I guess there's a, there's a, there's a deep question that we probably, you know, sometimes ask ourselves, like, kind of like, why be generous? Like, as Christians, like, why should we be generous? Like, we live in an age which tells us to be selfish, right? You know, we have all these words that are about self. I was looking through it on this. It's like self-centered, um, self, you know, kind of self-esteem, like self, um, self-made. self Like, we, we have all these words that are about self and about you and about looking after yourself and, you know, you have this concept of, which sort of came into New Zealand in the economy about user pays, like, you, you take care of yourself, don't worry about anyone else, you take care of you and your family, and, and that's all that matters, you know? And, and there's that strong thing in our culture around that, eh, about looking after yourself, make sure you, you make, you do you, you make sure you're okay, you know? I've heard that in lots of workplaces, like, don't stuff, you know, this place or anyone else, you just take care of yourself. And I think often we can take that kind of attitude and heart, even though we kind of know the word generosity and know what it means, we can sometimes have that kind of closed heart. And I guess the question I want to ask this morning is, why be generous? Like, why should we as Christians, as followers of Jesus, be generous people? And I want to answer that by saying, we are generous because we have a generous God, right? At the very heart of God, who God is, His Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is this self-giving relationship. The Father loves the Son. The Son loves the Father. The Father loves the Spirit. The Spirit loves the fa uh, Father. The Spirit loves the Son. Like, they're in the Trinity, and they are self-giving. They love each other. They're not selfish or taking. They're giving. Like, that is the heart posture of God. And that's how creation happened. That's why this world and we're all living in it. It's because of the overflow of that love and that giving that was amongst the Trinity overflowed into creating the world, creating humanity. Like out of God's generosity, out of his heart, out of his extravagant love for each and every one of us, he was like, oh, I'm going to create a world and I'm going to put these 
humans in it. And then he's such a wonderful, generous, incredible God. He's like, I'm going to make this beautiful world for you to live in, and then I'm going to invite you. I'm going to give you this opportunity to partner with me to rule and reign and look after this creation. And um, thank goodness, because of Jesus, we're going to get to do that. You know, we, we can start doing that now, and we're going to get to do that through eternity. But because of the fall, that, 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 that plan of, of, of partnering with God and looking after this world and living in it, when that love and that generosity of the Father got broken. And I was thinking a lot about the fall, and I was thinking about, like, what happened. You know, you had, you had humans, um, you know, going after something. You had humans, Adam and Eve, going after grabbing after something you know like a kind of it's like a selfish thing like they they had everything they ever needed this beautiful world and a and a relationship with God but they wanted because the enemy got in and got in that they wanted more they got that that selfish thing got in and they wanted to grab they wanted to take and that's where sin and brokenness and everything we experience in this life COVID (laughs) pandemics, like whatever's going on in the world, war, violence, like this is, this is where it starts. It came from a selfish thing from humanity, wanting something that we didn't even need. We had this incredible relationship with God. We had everything we needed and grabbing after this. And I was, um, sorry, I've got the wrong notes here. Bear with me for a second. I was thinking about in Philippians where it talk, where Paul talks about, um, you know, that, that, that Jesus, even though he had equality with God, didn't, and in some versions says, didn't grasp after it. And, 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 then, and then it says that he emptied himself and, and took on the form of a human and lived amongst us. And I, I only recently read, uh, listened to something where someone was talking about, you know, like sometimes I've read that thinking, that, like, Jesus could have done that, like, could have, like, kind of tried to take over the Trinity or something, and this guy was actually saying, um, Paul wrote that because he's trying to show us that we're, we're, we, <laughs> God's quite different from us like that, like, that's what humans do, like, humans want to grasp after things, but, but that example of that in the Philippians is about that giving, about that sacrifice, that, 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 that Jesus never would have done that, he never would have gone after the after, you know, taking over the Trinity or something, because they were all in this sacrificial, submissive relationship with each other. And then it says this beautiful thing about he emptied himself and, and you know, and became, took on the form of a human. And this thing I was listening to said this a beautiful thing about that too, because we're coming up to Christmas soon, and we're in the season of Advent, where we're, we're looking forward, you know, we celebrate the coming of Jesus uh, into the world, and I've often read that too about that whole kind of like, oh, he just became a, a dirty, rotten human like us. You know, he just took on the form of a human. He was this wonderful, incredible God, and he just came and just became a sort of lowly human like us. And this, I was talking about, nah, that emptying of himself was like emptying himself into the world. So he was all his all his nature just come like into the world. He's em- coming from the, from the throne room of heaven and emptying himself into the world, giving of himself to humanity. That's what the incarnation is. That's what Christmas is about. That's what we celebrate, that, that God is giving himself to the world. And this famous Bible verse that we all should know if you've been a Christian for more than two minutes, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world. 
And it's good to remind yourself that God loves the world. Because I think sometimes some Christians almost interpret that verse like, for God so hated the world that he had to send his son and save us. No, God so loved the world that he gave. See, you see the heart of God? He gave of himself to us so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So this is the nature, this is one of the characteristics of God is that he is generous, eh? His, his heart towards us as humanity is one of, of, of generosity. And heck, we don't deserve it half the time because of our, the, our nature and the things that we do. But when you read scripture, you see the story of a God that is pursuing humanity, his creation, and, and he's just gracious and generous and merciful and forgiving. And he just keeps coming after us. He keeps coming after us until finally he sends his son to be with us. And then Jesus ultimately gives everything of himself on the cross. He could have set up an empire, he could have done all those things, but he actually died to himself and gave his life so that he could break the power of sin and death over our life. And in resurrection life, we could live in this new humanity with him, get back to Eden, get back to what we were meant to be. There's a great verse in Matthew 20 verse 28, which just shows the heart of God saying here, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Like, this is the heart of God. Like, this is where we start when we think about generosity, because God has been incredibly generous with us, eh? You know, he has done everything for us, and he continues to do everything. But I'm still blown away by the fact that um, whenever I stuff up, whenever I'm, really, I've, I've, you know, I've been, Oh, dry with my Bible reading or, or, or encounters with God, it's just like, he's just there. Lamentation says his mercies are new every morning, eh? Like, he's there. He's, he's like, hi, Nick. <laughs> when I'm sitting here in my morning with my coffee and I'm like, zombie man and like, oh, oh woe is the world, everything's, you know, going downhill. And, and he's just like, hey, Nick, I'm here. <laughs> Let's have some time together. I want to I wanna be with you. I want to encourage you. I want to I wanna sing over you like it says in Zephyr. I, I want to... You know, give of myself to you. This is the heart of God. He's, a, he's not a taker. He's a giver. He gives and blesses and keeps doing this in our life. And this is our motivation. This is why we're called to be generous people. And the way we respond with that is actually what worship is. We have a value here at Korimako, which is whakamuimati, which is about praise and thanksgiving. And that's when you're you're just so grateful to God that you're like, thank you, Lord. Thank you for that breakthrough. Thank you that you saved me. Thank you that you're with us in the middle of this storm, Lord. Thank you, God. And you worship is us just responding to God for his generosity, for his grace towards us. And then obviously we're called to be um, not just generous to God, but that overflow of that generosity that's gone into our life, it's meant to outflow into others, eh? So that we become like Jesus and we, we be his hands and his feet and we show generosity, we show the heart of God through, through our actions and through our words and the things that we do for others. In Genesis 12, 1 to 2, um, Abraham gets this call from God to, to leave his, where he's living and to go to this new land. And God says this to him, he says, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. 
I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. You see there, the blessing of God, the generosity of God there. And I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. Yeah, we are blessed to be a blessing. Abraham wasn't blessed just so he would be blessed in himself, like, oh, great, I'm going to have this awesome life and everything's going to go great for me. He, did, he, he, he had the blessings of God and he had awesome stuff happen in his life, but he was actually blessed to be a blessing. The nation of Israel, which he was the father of, was blessed to be a blessing. It was meant to be a light to all the other nations because that's the heart of God. He wasn't just about one people. He actually wanted all nations to come back into relationship with him. And so they were the, the symbol of that blessing, of that generous heart of God that they were meant to set up. Obviously, if you're familiar with the Old Testament, they kind of get it right about probably 5% of the time. But, you know, like, but that was the mandate. That was the heart of God. Go be a blessing. You're blessed to be a blessing. This is, this is the overflow of who we are as Christians and followers of Jesus. And in, in Acts... 20 verse 35, Paul says this, and everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And um, just a fun fact there, that's actually a saying that's not in the Gospels. So it's a, one, of the, one of the sayings of Jesus that is not in the Gospels, it's uh, found in Acts. I, I found that quite interesting when I was reading um, but this incredible saying that obviously Paul was familiar with was that Jesus had said these words, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And the Greek word which is used for blessed is a word called makurios. And the word means effectively joyful, happy. It is more joyful, it is more happy to give than to receive. And I was doing a bit of research about this, and I was reading these articles about, they call it um, the giver's glow or the helper's high, that they've actually done research on people as they give their time and their money and their resources, that it actually activates in the brain the same sort of pleasure stuff that we get from lots of other things in life, you know, like from food, I won't get into other things, whoops, I'm getting myself in trouble here, uh, it, 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 it's, it releases the same kind of like feel-good chemicals in our brains that, 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 that we get from lots of things, and, and, and it is actually like, this is like science is basically telling us something that Jesus already knew, you know, that when we do stuff for other people, when we care for other people, when we give of ourselves, we actually get something out of it, which is awesome. But it's not why we do it, but there's this actual benefit that comes to us as humans because I, I think the reason is because we're acting like Jesus. Like we're acting like God. Like we are created in his image and we're actually living into what we're meant to be. Not these broken, selfish, you know, oh, me, 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 me kind of people, but we're actually stepping into the shoes of Jesus and actually like acting like Jesus when we're opening our heart out and giving of ourselves. So this morning, I just really wanted to narrow in on, on time as, as, as one of the resources or one of the things that we have in our hands. Um, when I was a, um, a teenager and, and, and a kid, sometimes when I was, managed to get a sick day, um, <laughs> you know, one of those days where you kind of like managed to get mum to finally let me stay home, um, 
you know, eventually I'd start like watch TV or something and see what's on. And during the day, they just had like infomercials or they had these shows, like these soap operas, like Days of Our Lives. And um, I've, I've tried to, um, I've tried to explain to my kids that back when I was a kid, you couldn't just put on whatever show you wanted, you had to watch whatever was on, eh? And I think until I was 10, there was like two ch- TV channels. And in the morning, you had to wait for this like till six o'clock and then the song came on with the um, national anthem and play school and the, that, that funny symbol thing. And, you know, like you had to, and then about 10 o'clock, these sort of soap operas would come on. The, the, the TV was terrible back then, wasn't it? And you had to wait for your show, like, if you had a show, you had to, oh, Wednesday night, 7.30, I can't go out, I've got my show, you know, I've got lost on then, you know. It, and my kids don't get that, and they want to like, and then they want to like click ahead to the next show, and then they, then they like get really annoyed when these ads come on. I'm like, yeah, that's what you got to do when you watch TV, they have these ads. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm getting um, sidetracked here. But there was this TV show, Days of Our Lives, which I never really watched, but I used to always remember the intro to it. And it says, um, you know, like the sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our life. And they have some like sort of dramatic music. Does anyone remember this? Like, yeah, yeah, you all watched it, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> that, and that, that, that had an Emmerdale farm. And like, man, some of those English ones, I was like, England looks really depressing. Like when I was a kid, like Emmerdale Farm, Coronation Street, all these ones, I'm like, God, oh, I'm never going to that place. It looks depressing as. But anyway, this Days of Our Lives is overly dramatic soap opera. And um, I only just sort of often watch the intro with that crazy line. It was actually quite funny because I, I looked into it, and it actually comes from Socrates. And the wider quote is, Our lives are but, are but specks of dust falling through the fingers of time. Like sands of the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. <laughs> there you go. You get, like, you're getting a bit of philosophy at 10 o'clock in the morning, you know, <laughs> in between Emmerdale Farm and uh, Coronation Street. But the reason I, I wanted to say that about time is, is that it is our most precious resource. Um, we give ourselves to so many things in our lives. Um, think about the, the amount of hours that you will spend in your workplace. Think about the, the amount of time you will spend with your family and your friends. How much time you'll probably, and, and depressingly, how much time you'll spend looking at the internet or watching TV or, or just doing, you know, wasting time kind of activities and, and, and sleeping and all these things. Like, we, we, we have limited, finite time in this lifetime, and it is a precious resource. I think this, is, this was really illustrated really well by this movie, In Time, which had um, Justin Timberlake and Amanda Sayfield. And in this movie, it's set in the future, and in the future, humans are genetically engineered to to not really age, but they only live to 25 years of age. And then once you hit 25 years of age, you've got basically a year to live because you're, you're going you're gonna to run out and you're going to just die sort of thing. And in this movie, the, everyone has to try and... Um, there's no money. Time is the currency. And so they, they, they have to beg, borrow, and steal to try and get more time because when you go to work, you get more time so you could live a little bit longer or you someone gives you some time, or you get a loan and you get some time, and so it's a, it's a great um, movie just looking at how time is like a currency and a thing that we use, and in the movie, obviously, the rich have all the time, so they're, they're able to be almost immortal, and then everyone else is just, like I said before, is begging, borrowing, and stealing, trying to get enough time to survive, 
And I just thought, when I watched that movie, I was just like, man, that's such a metaphor of our life, isn't it? Like, our time is so precious. And if you've, if you've got kids, you just know as soon as they hit school, you're like, where the heck did five years go? Where did 10 years go? Like, our lives go very fast. And if we're not careful, we will, we will spend them on ourselves. And I guess I, 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 the, the thing I want to say today about generosity is that we have an opportunity as Christians and as a church to, to spend our time wisely. Yeah, it's important to spend time with your, your, your family and if you're married with your spouse. Um, obviously, work is important. Like, you know, it's good to have work and have finances and things like that to be able to pay the bills and that. Um, but I, I guess I want to suggest that, you know, we, we need to be spending time with God and we need to spend time with others. And, 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 and as a church and as a, as a whānau, you know, we give of ourselves to, to what we're doing here. Uh, one of our core values is whanaungatanga, and it's all about relationships and belonging, sharing experiences, encouraging one another in all of life, being whānau. We see whanaungatanga as a vital part of life and as a way through which we work out our faith as followers of Jesus. And in Māori, there's the, obviously the word whanaungatanga, but the actual action of doing it is called whakawhanaungatanga. And what it is, is that you're, you're doing, it's like a verb, it's like an action word. You're actually doing the process of being a family. And generosity with our time is, you know, is whakawhanaungatanga. It's doing it. Um, it. If you haven't noticed, like we, we do set up here on Sundays, and if no one came and did all these jobs, we'd just be in an empty hall, right? Like, think about the seat that you're sitting in, the speakers you're hearing me speak on, the TV screen behind me, the communion that's laid out here, the cup of tea and coffee or food that we're having afterwards. All of that is through people, sacrificially giving of their time. And I just want to actually just say, I just want to you know, just say thank you. You know, we've been going just over two years as a church, and when I we planted it, I never thought we'd be going through a pandemic and all the stuff that's going on. But, you know, thankfully God has been so good to us, and we're, we're going through all this, and, and he's, he's holding us through it. But, you know, none of that would have happened, none of this would have happened without you guys and without the time that you give to this place the prayers that you pray for this church and for us, the, 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 the volunteer hours of, of serving, you know, stuff that's not sexy, I guess, in a church setting, like setting things up and, and stuff. It, you know, you give of yourself, and it's, I just want to say thank you so much. This, is, this, this just warms my heart every Sunday that you guys will give yourself to do that. And I, we just, Amy and I just want to say thank you so much, that you love this place so much, that you want to serve others. And uh, I just want to honor you guys today and thank you for that. But I also want to say um, that, you know, that it, it's beyond just, just, you know, acts of service like that. It, it's, it's actually opening up our hearts to one another as well. And we've been talking a lot about the huddles. Um, these are groups where people meet, you know, two to four people uh, in, in relationship where they're um, speaking with one another um, being accountable, praying, encouraging one another. And that requires your time, eh? Like, we're busy. We're all busy, eh? Like, we've got lots of things on our plates. So for you to, to join in with that, it actually is going to require a little bit of a sacrifice. It's gonna, you're going to have to give a bit of your time 
to, to be with other people in this church, to encourage them. But you'll get so much more out of it, eh? As, you, as you're generous with your time, as you spend time in relationship with other people, you're going to bless them, and they're going to bless you. And it's the same with whānau kai. You know, it's probably, some nights you're probably like, ah, oh, it's just easy, I'll just stay at home, you know? Get fish and chips or KFC or something and just blob out. And it's like, no, no, let's get in the car. Let's, let's go, let's be family. Let's go and be family tonight. Let's take something over. We'll get some, we'll take the fish and chips or the KFC with us. But let's go and eat with one another. Let's break bread together as a church whānau. Let's be generous with our time, having open hands. That this is our time. And we want to we wanna grow as a church community. And we're going to grow through relationship. And uh, I was listening to this thing this morning, and I'll, I'll finish with this in a second. But uh, I was listening to this lady, and she said this guy had done this. Um, he was an investigative journalist. He'd, he goes and sort of looks into all these, um, all these um, sort of outfits and groups and organizations to kind of basically see if they're a sham and stuff. Like, oh, are they, are they a joke? Or, you know, is this thing for real? And sort of an expose kind of sort of investigative journalist. And this guy um, did one on Alpha. If you, I don't know if you're familiar. Alpha is a, is a discipleship program which tells people about Jesus and sort of takes you through the steps of who is Jesus and what's the Christian faith and all sort of thing. And, um, and this, uh, I was listening to this thing, and this lady was like saying, she was like, oh, no, because she, she was a Christian. She was like, oh, I, I love Alpha. I love Nicky Gumbel. He's a great guy. This guy's going to slaughter this thing. He's going to just say it's a sham. It's a, all these sort of things. And... She said that this guy went through the whole thing. He went to all the things, including the Holy Spirit weekend away. And he, 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 the guy, by his own admission, is a, um, I think he's Jewish, but he's not a believer. And he, at the end of it, the guy said, instead of like saying that this thing's a sham, he actually said, I, I wish I could believe. He said, I, I experienced just the love of this community. He said, like, Nicky Gumbel was just so genuine and warm and loving like, he was just so amazed at this, this, this community that would give of themselves in this kind of way. And, he, and, and his heart cry was, I wish I could believe. Like, he, could, he couldn't make that jump from belief. But, man, his heart was opened up to what the Christian faith is and who Christians are by that action, by those people who are being generous with their time, you know, giving of themselves on a Tuesday night, you know, for a couple of hours, making meals for that. You know, that's what that did to that guy's heart. And you imagine what it could do to other hearts where people are just like, oh, blown away by the generosity of the community. So I just want to finish with that today and just say, um, I just encourage you, let's continue to be generous with our time. It's the easiest thing in the world to be selfish and self-centered. But like as a church community, as followers of Jesus, let's, let's keep being with one another, serving one another, caring for another, inviting people over for meals, ringing people, getting in touch with you. How are you doing? You know, I, I, I'm talking to lots of people, and I'm just sensing a lot of weariness in this season. People are discouraged. It's, we were, yeah, it is an uncertain time, and the best thing we can do as Christians is give of our time to, to encourage them, to be with them, and to, you know, show love, show aroha to them in their situations. And that's going to be priceless to them. So I'm going to finish with that. Why don't we stand? And I'd just love to pray over you guys.
Uh, Lord, we thank you for your generosity. Uh, We thank you, God, that you are a generous and loving God. Lord, we, I just think about the prodigal son, how you just, just showered love and, 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 and massive party over this, over this son who thought he didn't deserve it, and that just shows your heart, God, that you are a lavish God who just wants to shower us with your grace and your mercy today. But Lord, we thank you for your generosity. Like, we thank you that you're a generous God, that you have done so much for us. And, Lord, our worship is just a a small act of our thanks for you, God. And, Lord, we want to be like you, Jesus. We want to do what you do. And so, Lord, I I pray over every person in this church community today, Lord, that we would go into our week carrying that generous heart for others. Thinking about others. I was just thinking about Carla. It was just that, you know, She's like, I'm going to get some chocolate for my friend. I'm going, to, I'm going to encourage my friend. Like, a simple act, but, you know, so powerful. Like, it doesn't have to be massive big acts that we have to do, but it's this, this having this generous heart It's going to change hearts. And it's going to, people who are skeptical about the gospel are going to be changed through you, Jesus, and through us acting like you. So, Lord, I just pray you would give us all opportunities this week to, to show generosity with our time. Lord, would we be present with our family? Would we put the devices to the side and be present with our spouses and our kids? Would we be present with our work colleagues and the clients and the people who are stressed out there, Lord? Would we give them our time? Would we listen? Would we bless them with our presence, Lord? Would we be generous like you are generous, God? I just pray that over us as a community. And I pray that this place would have... A, a culture that would always be generous, Lord. A generous heart towards our community, Lord. Generous heart towards Palmerston North and where you've placed us. A, a light, Lord, for your community. In your precious name. Amen.